where most guys would take six months off and uh, back in that era of playing football would take their six months and just This is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, your media hub for all things black entrepreneurship, politics, news, and events in Hampton Roads and beyond. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Wall Street. Black Wall Street. When I say black, y'all say Wall Street. Black. Black. Let's go ahead and get into our very first guest greetings, today. Greetings, greetings. We have Ms. Anita Hayes. She is a Norfolk, Virginia native, wife, and mother of three. She's a real estate broker and co-owner of Victory Allegiance Realty located in Chesapeake, Virginia. Danita has worked in the real estate industry for 13 years and has been featured as a real estate expert on the real estate hotspot of the Hampton Roadshow. She also teaches the principles of the real estate course required for individuals to obtain their real estate license. In addition, she hosts Motivational Mondays on her YouTube channel where she enjoys uplifting and inspiring others with motivational messages every Monday. She teaches the principles, again, of real estate, uh, again, required to obtain real estate license. Welcome to the show, Danita. How are you today? I am great. Thank you. Awesome, awesome. It's a pleasure to have you. We also have with Danita her partner, Mr. Dominic Epps. He is also a principal broker and co-owner of Victory Allegiance Realty Incorporated, as well as MIBI International LLC, which is a real estate investment firm. And he's also a member of FROM, or From Inc., which is a nonprofit organization that mentors young men. He obtained his real estate license in 2014 as a way to be a blessing to his community by educating in home ownership, credit, and budgeting and finance. Known as the people's agent, Dominic is a family man, a humble servant that enjoys giving back and helping all to eat that desire to sit at the table. What a wonderful personal mission statement. Welcome, Dominic. How are you? Hey, I'm great. How are you doing? I'm doing very well. Certainly blessed to have you all in the studio today. Absolutely. I'd like to hear from both of you just sort of about how it is that you got into real estate. Was this the kind of thing that you both knew you wanted to do growing up? Or did this just sort of land in your lap? Can you tell that story? Well, for me, um, I decided to get into real estate because I wanted to have a career that was rewarding as well as flexible. Um, Being a mom of three, a wife, you know, I wanted to have a career where I could be here, you know, for my kids. Um, And I just want to help people become homeowners. It's just a very rewarding career. Yeah. Uh for, for, for me, it was totally different. Um, my passion and my dreams was to be successful in the music industry. Um, I started a recording company at the age of 17 while I was in high school. Um, and it was in, you know, 2012 that, you know, God really started speaking to me about real estate. I didn't have any knowledge of it, didn't know anyone in the industry. Um, and then in 2014, I finally gave in and decided to tap into what he's been really tugging on me about. Um, and so I left music and went all into real estate and you know, it's been great ever since. Amazing. <laughs> How we think we want to do one thing and Absolutely. that kind of has something else planned. I love it. So let's talk a little bit about sort of the process of getting into real estate. I think, you know, people kind of see the glamor, they see the signs, they're like, wow. 
uh, but they may not understand the work that's involved. And of course, part of our show is really empowering others that might be interested in this uh, type of entrepreneurship. What's that process like when you're actually getting, getting the business off the ground? Well, when you're first starting out, um, it's important for you to have a, a routine. And I think a lot of people, they see us on uh, the Internet. They see us on Facebook after we actually close on a home and they look at it and say, wow, that looks easy. But, yeah. you know, you're going to get results based off of what you do every single day. So you have to discipline yourself to make sure that you have a schedule every day that you follow so that you can have a process. And through that process, you're going to see the results. Did you want to add to that? Yeah, so um, to, to get in, you know, it's, it's pretty simple, actually. Mm -hmm. 18 years old, a high school diploma, and complete 60 hours of real estate education and pass four exams. So that's how... Wait a you, minute. So you can start... In real estate as young as the age of 18? At the age of 18 with a high school diploma. Wow. Um, so right now, through our mentoring program, we actually have um, four seniors at Nansen River High School. Um, these four young men, and actually, they come in on Mondays, they get mentored, and once they graduate, we have two of them that are looking to get their real estate license. Um, and so what our game plan is, is to educate the young people so when they go to college, their closings would pay for their tuition and not having to go to Sally Mae. Uh, but it's, it's that easy as far as education-wise, but it's a grind. And, and most people think because they have their real estate license, because we have over 7,500 agents um, that's in our real estate network in the multiple listing service, 7,500. Wow. So you have to ask yourself, what am I going to do that's going to cause me to stand out that people would know that I am the person that they can depend on um, to get the services that I need. So let me just make sure I'm clear. So we get our our education, our credentials and things like that. And from there, we have to literally begin to build the business. Is that, what is that like for a realtor? Is that doing networking events is that I mean how do you how does one start to I know this might be trade secrets that I'm asking but well, I <laughs> how think, do you start I, I think it's basic you know um, everything is about real estate is about marketing it's about branding yourself it's about everybody knowing that you are you know the go-to person right um, sure. as, as the young people put it you are the plug and so it's really about getting in in front of as many people as possible so they know, you know, and, and what we do is this. If they need, you know, to purchase a house, we can assist them. If they need to sell a property, we can assist them. But we go a step further. If your credit is jacked up, right, <laughs> we're going to get your credit repaired and we're going to provide home ownership education to put you in a position to be able to purchase that home or purchase that investment property. And so, you know, our why is really about educating our community and letting everybody know that you can also own a home and be the landlord. Hmm. I love it. What were you going to say, Danita? Um, just, you know, just starting out when agents come to us, one of the first things that we tell them to do to get their business up and running is to make a list of every single person that you know. Your sphere of influence, those are the people that you're going to be marketing to. Those are the people who are going to be sending you referrals. And so you want to build that database of people. So you have you start, that'll be your base. 
And then you start to build on it, you know, meet new people, pass out business cards. You know, you're going to add to that list and that's going to be your base of where most of your business is going to come from. Sure. Ladies and gentlemen, if you're just tuning in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street. Today, we are having a wonderful conversation about real estate with two of the finest uh, brokers in Hampton Roads. We're talking with Danita Hayes and Dominic Epps of Victory Allegiance Realty, just talking about what it means and what the process is to actually build a successful real estate business. I like what what I'm learning here. I write everything down (laughs) when I'm conducting these interviews. I'm definitely definitely in it to, to learn. What else would you share for a brand new agent? So how do you how do you keep someone encouraged that, you know, really wants this to be a career? They want this to become a thing that brings in income, but they're very, very new. They they they're they're doing all of the right things, but maybe they're not quite seeing uh, results as of yet. So so for me, the most important thing is a schedule. Right. Sure. Um, when you come as you start off as a real estate agent, you know, most people coming from a nine to five job, they're used to a schedule. They're used to hitting a time clock. They're used to the supervisor telling them what time they can take a break and what they need to do while they're on the clock. Right. Well, when you get into real estate, nobody is telling you what time to punch the clock. No one is telling you how many calls you need to make, how many doors you need to knock on, how many social media posts you need to make. Right. So you have to come in with a game plan, with a blueprint for success. Now, my blueprint may not be the same as yours. Like, you know, I wake up at 430 in the morning. Danita may wake up at five o'clock in the morning. Right. Uh, But for me, I was a Pepsi salesman before I became a real estate agent. And so I had to be at but work. You at, had a yeah, little bit so, of that grind. Well, <laughs> that grind came from, you know, from my upbringing. You know, I watched my mom work three jobs raising four boys by herself. Um, and so that grind was really with my mom in the back of her work van, you know, while she throwing paper routes. You know what I'm saying? Um, and so for me, I gave Pepsi four o'clock in the morning. When I started my own business, there's no way I'm going to sleep in at eight o'clock. Like, I'm not going to give myself less than what I gave somebody else. And so if I gave them 4 a.m., I'm going to give myself 4 a.m. Um, and make it happen. So, you know, I say start early and, and, and work late. Do what you got to do. Exactly. One of the things, too, that we pride ourselves on, our company, Victory Allegiance Realty, too, is that we have our a, a very close family-knit environment. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, we pray with our agents. When we start off a wow. meeting... We start off with prayer because we want to make sure that the atmosphere is conducive to us being able to be successful. And one of the biggest things that we teach and that we um, pride ourselves on is that God is first. He is the reason that we have everything that we have. We give him the glory for everything. And I know a lot of people don't like to mix, you know, religion with uh, with business. But we do because that's where our he is our source. And so all of our agents, they understand that. And and people who know us, they know what we're about. And we attract the people who understand that and want to be a part of that. So we definitely um, have a very close-knit environment, a very close-knit culture um, in our company. And we pride ourselves on that. And I believe that that, too, helps to um, encourage the agents. And it it inspires them and motivates them to want to do better and be better. Absolutely. I love that. So what do you all have coming up? I know you all tend to do events and things like that. Any other events on the horizon or 
um, so yes, we we have um, we have another networking event. We had our first one in March, and it was very successful at Berg, um, Ham, what is it, Burger Bistro, Gourmet, Gourmet Burger, Burger Bistro, okay, and <laughs> in Portsmouth. And the next one, we're going to go to Virginia Beach. We haven't set a date yet, but it is going to be in June. And what we're doing is we are visiting all of the black-owned restaurants in the Hampton Roads area because we want to give them exposure as well. But um, the networking events are just great. It's just a great time to meet new people. And once again, like we said, adding more people to that database of people that you can market to. Um, you know, they may have something that you need to learn when you go to these networking events. There could be someone you meet that could just change your life. You just never know. So we we will get the date uh, confirmed, but it is going to be in June. So look out for the details for that. And then, of course, in December, once again, we have our sixth annual toy drive and Christmas gala. Um, all the proceeds that we make from the tickets will be donated to Hearts Full of Grace, which is a nonprofit organization that helps people who are experiencing homelessness and this year we're going to be at the hub 757 so we hope that you come out it is going to be december 6th and you'll get more details about that and um also, gala on december 6th i like it okay what were you going to say and also this month we have our real estate class um actually starts back April 22nd. So April 22nd. So if anyone is now, looking. this is the real estate class that you all teach for the realtor's license. Yes, if Absolutely. you want to get your license, um, it is the principles of real estate course that is required for you to take. Um, it is a 60-hour course, so it starts April 22nd. It's going to be Mondays and Wednesdays from 10 a.m. to 1 p.m. So the class lasts for about four four weeks. Okay. Just to reiterate that principles of real estate, 60 hour course beginning April 22nd, um, Mondays and Wednesdays from 10 to 1, was it? Yep, 10 to 1. And it's okay. held at our and How office. would I go about registering for that particular course, or how would I go about contacting you all? Okay, so if you would like to register for the course, you can contact me at 757 478 9836, and I can get you registered for the course. Um, the cost is $489, and again, that will be the requirement for you to go ahead. Once you pass this class, then you can go ahead and sit for your licensing exam and take the licensing exam to become a real estate agent. And they can also visit the website, um, the Mosley website, the www.mosley.org, and they can register there as well, um, or reach out to us on Facebook, and we'll be able to get them signed up for the class. Got it. If you just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street. Today, we're talking about real estate as a wealth building tool. We are talking with Dominic Epps and Danita Hayes of the Victory Allegiance Realty um, team. And I just have a couple. We've got about three minutes uh, before we go to break. I just have a couple more questions I want to ask you all. First is, you mentioned that most of having success in real estate has to do with um, establishing that personal brand. Is that something that you all are able to help your agents with? Is kind of developing that personal brand within the Victory Allegiance brand? Absolutely, and and we actually encourage it. We 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 encourage our agents to establish their brand. You know, the Victory Allegiance brand is is the umbrella, right? Mm -hmm. um, but we we really do um, encourage our agents to establish their brand within themselves. Um, because we understand that, you know, what we are, our vision is, is much bigger than us. Um, it's really about leaving a legacy and being able to glorify God in all that we do. 
And so it's very important, you know, for all of our agents to establish their brand because their customers, they connect with them. Their clients connect with them. Um, and we are the umbrella. Yes. And we actually um, that is actually a part of what we teach um, during our training when we get new agents to teach them how to basically establish their brand and, and, and to establish who they are as a real estate agent so that they can attract the customers that should be attracted to them. So it's very important that they establish their brand. I love it. I love that that's a part of your training. I take it that that's separate from the principles of real estate course. You're saying you, you all provide additional training once yes. new agents come aboard? Okay. Yeah, that's separate. So the principles of real estate course is for you to be able to get your license. And then after you get your license and you sign up with us as a an agent under our firm, um, then we would train you on the business and branding and all of those things. And so we currently have... Uh, about 18 agents right now underneath us and we are still looking to expand so anyone out there interested in getting in the real estate business please reach out to us um 757-478-9836 exactly what i was going to ask you to do we've got less than a minute left and i definitely want that contact information to be reiterated we got to have you guys back on the show um yes. such a, a key component to building wealth so i certainly hope to have you and, and Blair, i just want to mention yeah. this real quick we okay. also do real estate investing workshops and seminars so not just for those who are looking to have a career in real estate um, but those who are also looking to gain residual income from real estate as far as investing in real estate we provide those services as well we've got to go to break let me get you all to just say your phone number or website once more and um, we'll be signing off here okay um 757-478-9836 757-300-1167. Thank you so much, Danita and Dominic. We will certainly look forward to having you both back on the show. And when we return, how one NFL Hall of Famer has leveraged real estate to continue building wealth. It's time for hashtag add this to the list. I am super excited to announce that today's guest is Ms. Frances Knight Thompson. She is the project manager for Hymns for Him Incorporated. Hymns for Him is a nonprofit organization founded in September of 2016, comprised of sacred music enthusiasts and devoted to helping to keep him singing alive. The goal of the organization is to foster a broader understanding of the importance of hymn preservation through a series of seminars, lectures, workshops, and performances. Francis, how are you today? I'm doing great. It is another day that the Lord has made, and I am rejoicing in it. It's just happy. I'm just happy to be above ground. It's a good day. Thank Thank you for asking. Absolutely. Happy Wednesday to you. Thank you. So tell us a little bit more about the nonprofit. First of all, I'm excited because I definitely grew up singing hymns. (laughs) Okay. And I find myself humming those hymns despite the fact that I don't hear those hymns. Absolutely. And so I'm definitely a believer in the power of the hymn. So tell us a little bit more. What what does the organization have coming up? Well, I'll tell you uh, all about it. We recently had our uh, second annual community hymn sing at the historic First Baptist Church on Butte Street, which was a wonderful success, uh, where we gathered and sang hymns. I mean, just we just sang hymns for about an hour and a half, and it was just awesome. We had a great time, great turnout, uh, great spiritual experience, because as you said, there's nothing like singing hymns. But what we have coming up is our annual conference, Hymns for Hymns 
conference. So we're going to um, have our conference on April 24th through the 26th. It's going to be held at Faith Deliverance Christian Center, 1010 East 26th Street in Norfolk. And it's from 6 to 9 p.m. each night. There will be uh, workshop sessions and there will be um, all kinds of wonderful activities that um, promote our goal. And our goal is just to get the hymns back in front of the congregation. And it doesn't mean that we don't appreciate the contemporary Christian music, um, Tasha Cobbs and Ty Tribbett and, and mm. William McDowell and all of the wonderful, yeah, all of the wonderful absolutely <laughs> wonderful worshipers with wonderful worship music. Uh, and we love those uh, artists. But there's something about when a congregation gathers and they all sing a hymn together. I'm telling Let me you. Let cut you, you off, Francis. Okay. I gotta ask you okay. I'm in total agreement there. Okay. Who is the intended audience for this conference? So if it's a conference and we're we're talking about hymns, is this for worship leaders, pastors, or is this just for the general congregation, general parishioner? Well, here's the thing. We have planned this conference so that everybody will get something from okay. the hymn lover to the usher at the door. So okay. hymn lovers, uh, and, and you're not just a part of the congregation. You just love hymns. You don't sing them enough. You feel, you know, you just miss the singing of hymns. We have something for pastors. Dr. James A. Forbes, Jr., renowned um, preacher and teacher, will be there to teach workshop sessions to the pastors. We have something for musicians, for um, uh, Dr. David Allen, of course. We know him as a noted composer and uh, writer of No Greater Love. Um, so he's going to be there teaching. So we'll have something for everybody. Um, uh, psalmist, people who are sing solos, and um, we just will have something for everyone. And even we've broken it down, even down to um, the age um, kind of groups. We've, we've said that our, my, yeah, my, my generation um, <laughs> may enjoy more. But then we have uh, sessions for millennials who awesome. there's a myth that says millennials don't know hymns and don't like hymns. That's not, not true. necessarily true. Uh, a lot of <laughs> well, uh, millennials. We've got about 30 seconds and I want to make sure okay. we get the contact information okay. out. How can we connect with the conference? All you have to do is go to the website. That's the first place. www.hymnsforhymnincorporated.com no, hymnsforhim.org. Hymnsforhim.org. And there you'll find all of the information I'm giving you right now and a okay. uh, place where you can register. There as well? Absolutely. Registration is $20, which is very reasonable for Wednesday through Friday for adults and $10 for youth. We have a whole conference designed for just youth. So for ages 10 to 18. So we've got something, as I said, for everybody. I look forward to seeing and meeting all of you there. Yes, ma'am. Thank you so much for being here. We will certainly visit hymnsforhim.org to get more information about the conference. That's it. Awesome, awesome. And we'll talk to you soon. All right. Thank you so much. As promised, I want to announce some very special guests that will be hosted by Black Brand at this Saturday's HR RealCon event. Uh, first, we do have Councilwoman, Virginia Beach Councilwoman, Sabrina Wooten. She is uh, one of the primary speakers for the event who will definitely be discussing opportunities for bidding on a major real estate project in the city of Virginia Beach, as we know, and we'll talk about a little bit later with our next guest. Virginia Beach has completed its disparity study, so it knows exactly what it's doing as far as minority spending. It's a priority now to um, ensure that 
small women and minority-owned firms are getting a piece of this puzzle, a piece of this pie. So Sabrina Wooten is going to be talking to us about exactly how it is that we can bid on some of these large-scale projects. We are so grateful for her leadership in this area. We are also going to have Vice Mayor Tina Vick. Uh, Vice Mayor Tina Vick of the City of Newport News. She is going to be providing our first-time home ownership class as a working lunch during this Saturday's HR RealCon event. Super excited to see Vice Mayor Tina Vick um, and just to feel her passion for for this particular area. Uh, we know that certainly one of the first tenets of building wealth is home ownership, so we're looking forward to that presentation. Uh, from the City of Norfolk, we will have the Senior Development Manager, Mr. Sean Sean Washington. Sean is going to be talking to us about opportunity zones in the city of Norfolk. I believe of all of Hampton Roads, uh, Norfolk has the greatest number of opportunity zones. So we're going to be learning about the set-asides that are in place for uh, investors that choose to develop in these opportunity zones. As you know, most of these zones are situated in our community. So we'll be learning more about the St. Paul's Project and how we can get a piece of this pie as well. We'll also have accredited investor, businessman, uh, uh, former guest on Black Wall Street today, uh, Mr. Gary McCullum. Gary is going to be providing information about what it means to be an accredited investor, how to use real estate to become an accredited investor. This is where you have access to deals that don't get disclosed to the general public. And so this is certainly a wealth building tool. We have a power panel of women brokers and investors that consists of Danita Hayes, who you just heard, as well as Tawana Golson and Shendo Jackson. Certainly looking forward to the information and inspiration that they're going to provide. If you are looking for, and I know a lot of us are looking to understand business credit, right? How to build our EIN profile separate from our SSN so that we can start to develop trade lines and have access to SBA loans and things like that. We're going to have Charles McCutcheon, who also touches on commercial real estate, presenting that information. And then to talk about funding in particular, we'll have Frankie Knox, who's the CEO of Head Start Biz Solutions. Super excited. And then, um, gosh, there are several others, but I'll just mention one more, our keynote speaker, who does huge development deals um, and who is actually the author of the National HBCU Opportunity Fund. Uh, Attorney Robert Jenkins is going to give us just a giant uh, overview um, in terms of, again, all things opportunity funds, opportunity zones. Um, He'll be talking about new market tax credit as well. You definitely want to be in the building. Some of us don't think we have an interest in real estate, but if we want to build wealth, we've got to develop an interest in real estate. Um, so hrrealcon2019.eventbrite.com. There are literally less than 10 tickets remaining. Um, so I want to encourage you to go onto that website and secure your ticket. And now I am super excited to announce our next guest. Bruce Smith is a legendary defensive end pro football Hall of Famer. As one of the greatest football players of all time, Smith's 19-year career culminated with an impressive procurement of NFL record for all-time leader, 
and quarterback sacks. After retiring from the NFL in 2003, Smith founded Bruce Smith Enterprise, LLC, a commercial real estate firm headquartered in Virginia Beach, Virginia, that specializes in the development of premier mixed-use projects. I'm going to have him break that down for us just in a moment. The company has flourished since its inception in 2004, notably developing numerous projects throughout the Mid-Atlantic region. Smith is especially proud of the Hilton Garden Inn and the Smith's Landing Apartment Complex that the firm built in Blacksburg, Virginia, to service the needs of students, alumni, and their families at our Virginia Tech alma mater. (laughs) Smith balances the rewards of successful working life by remaining rooted in his Christian faith and continuing his agency in numerous charitable endeavors. How are you, Mr. Smith? Hi, Blair. I'm doing great. Go Hokies. Go Hokies. (laughs) Welcome to the studio. It's certainly an honor to have you. I just want to get into some of this incredible work that you've been doing on the real estate front. First of all, you know, how did you transition from football to real estate? Was that something that you kind of knew at the outset? where, Where did you get the inspiration to get into real estate? Blair, that that is a great question, um, and and I've enjoyed your listening to your previous guests that were on the station as well. Um, during my career, um, I had the presence of mind and, and understanding that uh, my career could be over uh, in a play or two uh, because of injury, and and uh, um, so. I had the presence of mind uh, in my 10th year in the league to start thinking outside of the box and what was I going to do when I retired. So uh, during the offseason, I started spending uh, my time, uh, spending my offseasons with a real estate development company uh, in Virginia Beach that that mentored me. Uh, Wow. So... um, where most guys would take six months off and uh, back in that era of playing football would take their six months and, and just have a great time and, and uh, go on vacations and not work out and, and not put their minds uh, to use in preparing for life after football. I spent it in, in real estate meetings, uh, watching deals being put together, uh, learning how... Uh, the finances, uh, the lending institutions play an intricate part. Uh, the location uh, is, is essential to uh, a successful real estate project. And, and having the expertise to be able to put all these factors together. Uh, and um, I, I invested in my, my first real estate deal in 1993. And uh, 1995, we... We, uh, I'm sorry, I invested in my first real estate deal in 1995, and we sold it a couple of years later, and it was a, a pretty smooth uh, a transaction and very profitable. So it gave me that appetite uh, to want to learn more and, and know more and, and how it was constructed from the ground up. Uh, so I spent up until 2004 uh, sitting in these meetings and, and watching these deals take place and it gave me an insatiable appetite to want to learn more and, and be a part of the process and uh, so therefore when I retired uh, it was a, a natural progression 
uh, to start my own real estate development company. Wow. Well, first off, if you just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today um, having a conversation now with NFL Hall of Famer and commercial real estate developer, Mr. Bruce Smith. I got to ask you more about what it felt like to do that first deal. Because I know that, um, as you, you heard me talk about, we've got our real estate conference coming up on Saturday. There are going to be folks there that have never done a deal. You know, and they feel like they're ready to do mm-hmm. the deal, but man, are they nervous? You know, what was that like? I mean, can you can you think back to 1995 and just you know everything that was going to need to take place in order for that to be a thing? <laughs> well, how did you how did you kind of get over that hump? Well, in in that particular case, I put my trust in my business partners and their expertise uh, and the relationship that they had built and the the 25 years of experience of of doing business in the world of real estate development uh, and ownership. Um, But I got to tell you, just being an investor, you lose out on so much. You want ownership. Ownership is where you create generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Ownership is when you're your own boss. Uh, being an investor, uh, while you have a voice, your voice is limited. So you want, uh, in, in most cases, to be uh, the majority owner. That way the project can't be sold um, from under your feet. Uh, you can actually dictate as opposed to uh, folks telling you that, that we're going to do this and, and you just have to go along with it. So uh, it, it, it's crit- critical uh, that, that you understand the process and you can't cheat the process. Uh, if you, if you want to try and cheat the process, unfortunately, uh, that's not going to be a sound deal. Hmm. Wow. Hope you all were taking notes. I certainly was. <laughs> so let's talk about. I mean, I know you know, inquiring minds want to know um, about Virginia Beach mm-hmm. and the disparity study, and just sort of you know you're attempting to kind of break into that market. What what has that been like for you? Well, it's been very challenging, and 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 one that's caused a, a great deal of. Uh, agony and, and, and sadness and, and um, uh, just just to, to kind of give you a, a recap because we really yeah. don't have enough time to, to go through it step by step. Um, having tried to uh, do business in, in the city for over 11 years, um, partnering with uh, companies uh, that were Fortune 500 and Fortune 100 companies, um, spending months um, courting different companies to uh, to take on this task with me, and and finally I was able to convince a number of them to to be my partners uh, and and come and um, bring in private equity. Uh, into these deals to to invest in the Virginia Beach and just to see the amount of resistance and the the, the, the amount of, of of status quo that existed um, it, it was very disturbing and then I, I understood that 
that I need to step back and, and gather more information and, and to see why this problem actually existed. That was going to be my next question. Yes. Did so, you understand right away that this was... This was bigger than me. That you were looking at. This, this was bigger than me. Um, it, it was a systemic problem and a systemic culture of doing business that included implicit bias, uh, that included cronyism, uh, and the status quo. Uh, and when these factors are in play, it actually hurts the economy. It doesn't help the economy. It's good for a small number of people, but it's bad for the vast majority. And it, it, it hurts economic growth and job creation. And quite frankly, um, our millennials have been leaving at an alarming rate. So we have to find a, a way to, to, to change that climate of doing business. And one of the ways was uh, to challenge the, the status quo of doing business. And uh, uh, unfortunately, um, well, uh, fortunately or unfortunately, um, it, it took a, a, a voice that uh, people would, would listen to. But you, you have to be prepared and armed with the facts to make a compelling case uh, for people to listen to. And, and understand that, that these business practices are have been hurting our city and this region. You know, with Virginia Beach being the largest city uh, in, in the state, uh, we should be a leader. Uh, we should be one of the cities that, that, that's competitive around the nation as opposed to not being even on the radar screen when it comes, when they start talking about cities that you would want to live in so so far job creation economic growth uh retention of millennials and and high-paying jobs so one of the ways that you change that is city council uh, you have to have elected officials that understand the value of a level playing field the value of inclusion the value of the old way of doing business is only good for a few people, but not for the vast majority. I'd like to break that down. And actually, really quickly, if you just tuned in, this is Blair Durham with Black Wall Street Today, uh, talking now with NFL Hall of Famer and commercial real estate developer Bruce Smith, uh, talking a little bit about uh, his plight in, in trying to do business in the city of Virginia Beach and uh, all of the systemic challenges that he faced in that process. My question for you, we've got about four minutes before we go to break. And I think about this often, right? Doing the work that I do, you know, wanting to challenge you know, local and, and state, uh, state officials and just looking at this problem. Do you believe that we can all win? Absolutely. When the pie is bigger, uh, there, there's more people that can sit at the table. And uh, unfortunately, that, that pie has been uh, very small for a long period of time. And you, that's where the disparity takes place. That's where you, you see uh, only a few people uh, in the business thrive while others are being stiff-armed, or uh, no pun intended, or shut out of doing business. And um, companies outside of our region recognize that. 
and even some of my business partners that that um, uh, that that have gone into uh, putting together some of these d- developments, uh, they have said it is so difficult to try and do business business in in this 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 city. Why bother? We don't have the time nor the resources uh, to to go down a dead end road uh, because of the politics and because of the establishment. Um, so it, 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 it's it's very difficult and frustrating, but at the same time, uh, I, I think it, yeah, it is possible. Absolutely, when the community recognizes uh, how this is hurting the city, that's when they fully support it. Uh, the city conducting a disparity study, and after the results came out after two years of, of well, actually it was about 15 months, uh, BBC, who was the vendor uh, that performed the disparity study, mm-hmm. concluded that there was substantial disparity that existed in the, the city's government contracting process for women and minorities. Yeah. <clears throat> Let me ask you this, um, with the changes that have taken place in the city of Virginia Beach with regard to city council, are we on the right track? We are, we are on the right track. Um, I think uh, we have several new council people that are uh, on, um, on city council, a fellow Hokie by the name of Aaron Rouse, who is um, uh, who has been doing a fantastic, fantastic job um, in, in leadership and understanding the the dyna- dynamics that we've worked with uh, over the last two or three decades, and and understanding that that system is broken, uh, and again, it only works for a few people or a few companies. Um, we also have um, uh, a new mayor uh, in, in Bob Dyer. Uh, uh-huh. We've got uh, Sabrina Wooten, who's on council right now, um, and African-Americans. So we have two African-Americans that are on council. Uh, prior to this um, and doing the disparity study, we had none. Uh, so there was no right. representation wow. by minorities. And when you don't have a vo- voice, you're not heard. Um, so I think the, the, the public understood this, the community understood this, and there needed to be representation that represented all of the communities and not just one community. Right. Absolutely. I can tell you, I am super excited <laughs> for so what I. is to come yeah. for Virginia Beach, and I certainly look forward. Well, for the region. For the region. Yeah. This, well, this, yeah, because yeah. this, you know, definitely pressurizes the other cities to to follow suit. I know that, um, you know, Norfolk doesn't have the amount of data that Virginia Beach had to even be able to start a disparity study, but we'll get there, you know? Well, I, I, I think Norfolk has to do its part as well, but, but we have to work together as a region. Uh, what, what we're trying to accomplish here is for our region to be recognized as um, a a re- region that's competitive in the nation, and right now we are not. We are uh, uh, we are dismal when it comes, to, uh, or we are not competitive. We are wrapping up a phenomenal show on 
real estate, all things real estate. We're talking now with NFL Hall, Hall of Famer and commercial real estate developer, Bruce Smith. Bruce, thank you again so much for joining us today. I know we were uh, wrapping up a conversation about regionalism and what the impact of uh, this disparity study will will mean for all of Hampton Roads. Did you want to pick up there? Excuse me. Sure. Um, yeah, when when a disparity study is is conducted, uh, it, it measures the um, uh, amount of government contracts that are allocated uh, towards uh, women and minority women and minorities, uh, and not just in that particular city. Mm-hmm. The the disparity study disparity study covers the MSA, so it will affect Hampton. It will affect. Norfolk, it will affect Virginia Beach, it will affect Portsmouth, uh, and it will affect Chesapeake. So it, it doesn't just impact Virginia Beach, it affects the whole MSA. So you, if you own a business and, and you qualify, uh, you have an opportunity uh, to go after these government contractors that in some cases were just given to their buddies. Uh, and that's what created the unlevel playing field. Now there has to be a process in place, uh, whereas uh, you have to be highly considered, your company has to be highly considered if you're capable of doing the work um, uh, in these um, uh, particularly particular uh, government processing uh, contracts. So uh, I'm excited about the opportunity. Now we have to make sure that the companies themselves are prepared to handle these deals uh, and they have to make capacity. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So um, while we've, we've done some, we've done the the, the hard work Mm -hmm. and getting the city to, and, and putting our names and reputations on the line and taking great risk, in challenging the status quo, um, it's the res- responsibilities of the companies to make sure they are prepared uh, to handle this capacity and, and these roles and uh, going after these government contracts. So let me ask this then, Bruce. So was there a benefit for you in terms of this, this work that you did to ensure this, this study was completed? Uh, Are you going to be able to do business in Virginia Beach? That's another great question. Um, <laughs> that's a whole separate <laughs> thing, right? That, you know, when I when I embarked on this um, this daunting task, um, and and I'm trying to, I, I think we probably need to have a second segment so I can really, really dive into it. Yeah, yeah, really dive into minute. it. Uh, but terrible cliffhanger for folks. Uh, yeah, yeah. I uh, know not for the immediate future there was not uh, any yeah. real benefit uh, for my company um, other than letting the city know that these business practices are unfair, they're unjust, uh, there's, there's bias, there's cronyism, and there's a status quo, and it's bad for business. Now, having said that, um, by creating a level playing field, this will give me an opportunity going forward. But for me, putting my name and reputation on the line, this was all for 
the impact and creating a level playing field for women and minorities uh, to have government contracting processes become more fair and, and, and equal opportunity for folks to sit down at the table and do business. Stay with us online at Black Wall Street Today on Facebook and Black Wall Street Today on Instagram. And then follow us on Twitter as well at BWS Today. We look forward to talking again next week. Have a wonderful week. I have said and I will continue to say that the most important priority for the black community is the black community, not a particular political party. Phenomenal. Phenomenal.